0: up. He never, ever misses it. He's always on time, and we just believe that about our about our God. And some of you guys join us for the very, very first time. I want you to know you're our guest. If you need anything, let us know, and if we can get it for you, we'll get it for you. If you need hot coffee, we've got hot coffee. If you need iced coffee, we got iced coffee. We want to make sure that you have a great experience. Hey, um, I got a special friend here today. We launched our church, and one of our greatest things that happened about our church is we went right to the West Orange High School, and I met um, I met uh, the, the Garmins, and uh, not only did I meet the Garmins, but I met a, a young man by the name of Jeremy Samuels, and, um, and he's here today, and he helped us from the very beginning. He sent me a, a, an Instagram message. Um, he dropped, he, he uh, snuck up in my DMs, and um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but he got up in my DMs, and we were talking about the church, and I said, man, we'd love to have you come back, and um, I said, we got a bunch of a young ladies in here that are single and ready to mingle, and we'd love to have you back. We need some dark, we need some good-looking brothers to come up in here. And I'm glad he's here today and, um, and just, just proud of the young man that he is. Got a scholarship to go to, to college and played four years and, and went to school for four years and graduated. Now he's back home and I don't know what he's doing, but I'm glad he's back today. And we're glad you're here today. And so, hey, um, if you're joining us for the very first time, today's going to be awesome. And we're going to get you caught up on where we've been so you don't miss out on anything. Hey, right after church day is our interest meeting for our missions trips. And uh, we're doing on two missions trips this year. We're going to Costa Rica. And we're also going to Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, we'd love for you to come be a part of that. And uh, today, if you come to the meeting right after church, we'll let you know all the information that you need to know about the trips. It doesn't mean you're going on the trips. It doesn't mean you've got to write a check today. It just lets you, if you, it just means you're interested. You know what I'm saying? It just means that you're, you're just interested. You're going to come check out what we're, where we're going and what we're doing. And we'd love for you to come be a part. We'd love for you to come be a part of that meeting just so you can get more information about, about the church. And... and um. It'll be a quick meeting. it will give you all the information, and we don't want you to miss it. Hey, um, we've learned a few things. We know this about um, New Year's resolutions. We're now three weeks into New Year's resolutions. We're almost four years and almost four weeks of New Year's resolutions, and here's what we know. They're gone. Like that's just what happens, 83% of New Year's resolutions are gone by February 14th, Valentine's Day, and a bunch of them are already gone by now, but we're, we're glad you're here today, and so what we realize is that you don't need resolutions, you need habits, like you need to create some good habits, you go a lot of places and they tell you don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, we're not here to tell you that, you know what you should do, you know what you shouldn't do, here's what we are telling you to do, you had to add some good habits to your life. There are some habits that you can add to your life that are going to make you better. We just ended a 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. I told our first service, I've been going to True Nature, which is the fruit and smoothie, acai bowl, and it's millennial for fruit in a cup. And um, it's been great, and um, I love it. But right next, since I started the fast, I've been going there right next to that. They've opened up a stinking Brazilian restaurant, and it is always stinking packed. The Tarrasco is just coming out of the building, seeping out. It's going over the roof into the fruit, the true nature place. And I'm eating fruit, but I'm thinking about meat. You know what I'm saying? So I propose the next 21 days, all we eat is meat for the next 21 days. We're going to give it a shot and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? And it works for LeBron James. It can work for us. And um, so we just think you had to add some things to your life. We looked at fasting. We learned this about fasting. Fasting prepares us for the battle. Fasting is a sign of surrender. And fasting just makes room for God. And here's what I know. You you need God in your life. I need God in my life. When God's not in my life, things don't work out the way they're supposed to work out. Just nothing goes well. You and I need God in life. The best version of you is when God is inhabiting you and you're being spirit-led and spirit-fed. Like, you need God in your life. And so we looked at fasting. The second thing we looked at today, or this week, we looked at this month, we looked at prayer. You need this prayer. Just um, just the modern-day translation for prayer is you talking to God. A regular conversation with J-E-S-U-S. You need to talk to God. We learned that prayer makes the impossible possible. Prayer makes the impossible possible. We've seen the impossible come to possible this last 21 days. And we believe that we're going to see even greater miracles. We believe last night wasn't the end. I told our church last week, last night. Last night, our our, um, our, our 21 days of prayer, we, our night of worship, it wasn't the end. It was the beginning of something even more. And we're believing God for more. Like, uh, like Nelson talked about in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, we believe in a God of immeasurably imagine more, so we believe that prayer makes the impossible possible, and we also believe this prayer invites God to show up, prayer invites God to show up, and you need God in your life, we all do, it invites him to show up, and here's what I like about God, and here's what I've experienced about him, you know you, know you have that friend that they just come and knock on your door like unannounced, like they don't belong there, and uh, they just show up, we just recently, che- we had that problem happening so much, we changed our gate code in our, in our neighborhood, no I'm kidding, um, all of our team's like bro what happened, you don't want us to come here anymore, I'm like no keep coming, we changed the code, and um, I changed it to my high school basketball number and my my girlfriend's high school basketball number, and so I never ever forgot those two numbers. And you're like, "What is wrong with them?" I've, it's been my pin number for it's been my pin number since high school, and my wife knows that. And I'm just being transparent up here today. And you want a transparent pastor, it's better than I'm transparent than cl- being Heidi and being sneaky because you don't want to be at a church like that. And you want me to be transparent, so that's where the two numbers came from. <laughs> and uh, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. I was talking to a friend of mine last week. Um, She's new to our church. She's a counselor, and she. I was like, you know, there's six kids in our family, and she's like, oh, which which number kid are you? And she goes, I go number two. She goes, oh, that explains a lot. (laughs) I felt completely violated. I hate. I know. I I, like. I I know now what you guys feel like when you talk to me because I'm asking you all the questions so I can figure out what your problem really is. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to triage it. Like I want to try to cut it open and kind of give you like like, hey, listen, you need this. You need this and. And uh, so I totally felt like that a few weeks ago. Like, she knows me now. Like, she gets why I tell stories about my high school girlfriend now. Because I'm a second, I'm a second child and I'm a seven on the Enneagram. If you needed to know that, now you know. But you probably already knew that. <laughs> and um, we believe that prayer makes all things. We need God to show up in our lives. We need that. We need God to show up. We need God to show up in our lives. And then last week we looked at scriptures. And we just believe this. You need this book in your life. I don't know how to slice it any other way. I didn't have any cool points for you to memorize last week except for, like, you need this. The comment that we made last week is that God's brought you too far to leave you where you're at. God's brought you way too far to leave you where you're at. There's, there's so much more. God's got so much more in the tank. I've grown up playing sports, and um, I, I, I played softball with, with a group of guys on Sunday nights, and I, I, the, first, the first batter of the game hit the ball right at me, and I missed my feet. The second batter hit me, it bounced up and hit me in the shoulder. The third batter smoked one right up my face. I put my hand up to catch it and, and blasted my finger. And I'm like, man, I wanted to call my mom. It hurt so bad. <laughs> Fighting back tears. I'm like, it's cold out here. <laughs> and, um, and they're like, keep on playing. So I pitched two more games. And I wanted to, I, I think sometimes we, it's easy for us to call it, to call it quits. And um, I want to let you know that God doesn't want you to call it quits. He's brought you this far. He's not going to fail you yet. He hasn't failed you yet and he's not going to fail you in the future. And, um, but I wanna to talk to you guys today about another habit that you should, that you should apply, and the habit is, is community or healthy relationships. And I can stop here and let you know, like, this is my absolute favorite thing to talk about. I tell people all the time, like, I like CrossFit, I like coffee, I like Christ, and I like community. Like, those are the four big C's that I just think are important. But I think that you and I, you, I'm a relational junkie. I love humanity, I love hanging out with humanity. I don't, there's a book out that says Don't Eat, don't, um, don't Eat Alone. There's a guy, I'm listen, there's a book I'm listening to right now, um, How, to Win, How to Win Friends and Gain Influence by Carnegie. Like, I'm, I am all about humanity. I study humanity. I talk to humanity. I, I love being around humanity. Like, I just, this is, if I were to have a Ph.D. in something, it would be in people. I love, I love people. And I love people, I think one of the reasons why I love people is because Jesus loves people. And I want to love the things that Jesus loves. And I'm, I'm one of those people, a lot of people, you, you, some of you guys, you've lost hope in humanity. And so you don't trust humanity. You don't trust people. You don't, you keep a guard up. And I just, I've been dinged before. I don't have a, um, I don't have a, um, um, an exemption because I'm a pastor. I don't have an exemption from getting dinged. Oxley, I'll let you know this. This is, this is full disclosure today since I'm already being full disclosure. Typically what happens in church is so you know notice the people that you love and you pour into most, usually they leave the church. And so it's a very fine line. If you haven't been in church long enough, you're like, man, why would you want to be a pastor? Because you guys are still here. You know what I'm saying? And so, the people you love the most, you pour into. You do the, all the things for them. You can you can sit with them on their darkest days. Um, and I, and I've done that before. And those people are like, yo, we love you, but we're we're moving on to, to 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 better pastures or different pastures. And that's just what happens. It's it's a, it's a it's a it happens in church. And but I even in the midst of all this, I still love humanity. And they're one person say, you know what? I just don't want to trust people anymore. I want to keep trusting. I want to keep loving. I want to keep believing the best about people. And I want to do all those things because Jesus did that for me. And so if you've been around for any amount of time, you know I believe this, that you're the average of your five closest friends. Show me your five friends, and uh, you're the average of that. So probably if your friends are healthy, then you're healthy. If your friends are unhealthy, then you're probably not healthy. And uh, if your friends are toxic, and they talk about people, and they complain. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I was like, what did you give up? What did you fast for the 21 days of prayer? And she goes, I fasted complaining. I said, how did that go? She goes, I did pretty good. I thought, you know what? We ought to all fast complaining. We have enough complainers out there. We have enough people spreading bad news. Let's start spreading some good news. You know what I'm saying? And if you need so, if you need a place to find some good news, I know a good place you can look for some good news. It's right here in this book. And uh, that's free advice for you today. You're the average of your five closest friends. You've heard me also say this. Um, you'll become, um, show me your friends and I'll, I'll show you your future. I, I used to say that to high school kids. I've been a youth pastor for a majority of my ministry career. I started ministry in 2004. And a little bit before that, in, in full-time ministry 2004. And so I've been going at this for a little bit of time now. And and um, here's, what I, here's what I know. I used to say that to 16-year-old kids, but now I sit with 60-year-olds and 50-year-olds, and I tell them the same exact thing. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. It's still applicable today. It's still applicable today. If I sit with a couple, if I sit with a couple who their marriage is not working, I'll say, hey, let's talk about your friends. I won't even talk about them. I'll say, let's talk about your friends. And um, I met with a couple. They were married for 10 years, and they were separated for six months. And I started hanging out with them and being friends with them. I said, well, tell me about your friends. And he had none, and all her friends were single. And I said, well, there's your problem. Let's change our friends. Let's add the same friends. Um, I'm, I'm counseling a couple today at 3 o'clock. I'm doing their, their pre-marriage pre-marriage coaching. And um, what I always tell them, I say, listen, you want to have a great marriage? Yeah, yeah, I want to have a great marriage, Pastor Wes. Right, cool. You want you need to do? What? I say, you need to find some five friends that you know that have really good marriages and hang out with them. Because so goes your friends, so goes your future. You need to be around some good people. Um, I, Nelson did such a good job last night. I love when he talks about Jenny because it makes me have the confidence to go talk about my wife up here. You know what I'm saying? I'm like she hasn't killed him after 30 something years, Dinah won't kill me either, you know what I'm saying? The best is yet to come, you know? And so, um, and I'm like, if it works for them, it'll, it'll work for me, and I just, I just believe that if you run with successful people, you run with healthy people, you'll be healthy and you'll be successful. I just believe that. And, um, and you can look at statistics, scientists are now coming out with, um, and people who study therapists and, and counselors coming out with all these things, and all they're doing is telling us the things that we see in this book, and they're telling us, if you have five guys, and they're all unhealthy, they'll be healthy. If you have five friends and they, one gets divorced, the likelihood of another one getting divorced right after that, it's the same exact thing. If you have five, they study five friends. If, I, if one friend gets a, has a heart attack, most likely one of the other f- five friends will have a heart attack also because what that tells us is this, is they probably all have the same exact eating habits, the same exact lifestyle habits, working out or not working out. And so you're the average of your five closest friends. You've heard me say that before. You've heard me say it a lot. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And uh, basically, I... I, I This isn't on the screen, but you'll need to know this. You'll become like the people you surround yourself with. You will become like the people that you surround yourself with. My family in law enforcement, and um, if you see one guy that's getting in trouble, then you find other friends around them they're getting in trouble as well. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. You'll become like the people that you're around. I've been listening to a book out recently. You ought to listen to it too. Also, it's not the Bible, and it's not a Christian guy. I don't know if he's Christian or not, but it's not claiming to have Christian principles, but the book is full of Christian principles. And I think a lot of people nowadays, it's funny, they just, I think there are people out there who don't believe in God. They may not be Christians. They just take this book, and they put their own spin on it, and they're making lots of money on it. And here we are. We're giving away this book for free. (laughs) But we'll put it in a different book and this book the the book I'm listening to right now it's in the scu- it's in the skin of a book called um the Infinite Game." and um if you're a business owner you ought to you ought to read it if you're if you want to learn how to help people and serve people and love humanity, you ought to get the book. It's really, really awesome and um, it's by Simon Sinek. and he he said this that the most anxiety inducing place you can be is by yourself. Wow like it just that's just, I mean, he took that and I'm like, that's cool. You stole that from the Bible because the Bible says two are better than one because if one falls, how can you get picked back up? I know this. When I'm in a slump and I have people around me, I don't see the slump as long as I was seeing the slump as if I was by myself. Here's what you and I need to know. Isolation doesn't work. If you tried that before as a coping mechanism, which we all have coping mechanisms, my family's all here on the second row. And the other day I made a joke and my little sister who's 21, she's like, oh, that's your coping mechanism. You make jokes about things. I'm like, I'll show you your coping mechanism. <laughs> Poof you know i'm like you're 23 you don't know jack you know you don't you know and so it's like because i know because i was 23 and i didn't know jack and i was 33 and i didn't know jack i'm 37 i'm just beyond knowing jack now <laughs> just like right on the other side of it and it's awesome the most anxiety-inducing place to be is alone here's what i want you to know you cannot live life alone it doesn't work like i don't need a, i don't need a statistic for that here's the truth about statistics i don't know if you know this or not but the statistics tell us this that most of them All those statistics, they're all made up. (laughs) Those numbers are just relative. So if I tell you 83%, you can walk out of here and go two two doors down, and that guy will say, that statistic says 76% of people, you know. Um, You need good people in your life. You need good people in your life. Next to you, around you, there's a piece of paper that looks like this. And um, if you don't have one, it's okay. I'm not mad at you. Um, It's a list of all all of our community groups. Here's what I'm going to convince you of today. You need to be in a community group. Here's what we know about our community groups. We know this. We don't have enough of them. We've never turned anyone down, but turning anyone away from community groups. But this season might be the season that we turn around people, turn around because we only have so many groups and we don't have anyone in our church that can host 40 people in a group. Diane and I have packed 25 people in our house before and we have so many people that have houses, but we can only put so many people in so many houses and we only have so many leaders. I tell you guys all the time, like the number one epidemic in churches in America today is not money, it's not buildings because you don't need a building to have church, you don't need to have money to have a church, but you have to have leaders. You have to have leaders. So, hey, jump on a leadership track and become a leader. We'll need more group leaders next season. Um, And so we're rolling the dice on this. Don't wait till it's too late because I I can't guarantee forever. So if you're a lady in here today, there's ladies' groups. If you're a men in here today, there's men's group. I want to recommend one group that you all should go to if you've never been to it. You ought to all go to Financial Peace University. It starts February the 12th. It's on a Wednesday night for nine weeks in a row. It's 645 to 8 o'clock. And you got to all, if you have a little bit of money, you ought to go to FPU. If you have a lot of money, you ought to go to FPU. Cover everybody. If you've never been to FPU, you ought to go to FPU. When I'm at FPU, Diana are about $15,000 in debt. We have car payments and house payments and credit card debt. And uh, we have none of that now. We have a house payment, and um, our house payment is low, and uh, we pay extra. And now we, have, we live, and we give, and we save. We live, and we give, and we save. Notice the third one is, giving, is, is saving. We live first, we give, or we, we actually give first, and then we live on the rest, and then we save some. And I think you you're learn all those principles in Financial Peace University. You ought to go to that. You want to get to the end of your life and have some money. To, you, I know a lot, here's what the scientists are telling us now is that you, are, you and I are hardwired to be generous, but most people are too, they're, they're too strapped to be generous. You want to be generous. I know that about you because God made you generous because the, God said, I want to make you in our image, and he's generous. So generous that he sent his son down the cross for your sins. So you want to be generous, but you can't afford to be generous because you're strapped. You ought to go to Financial Peace University. And here's what I know about you. You're just like everybody else. You're like everybody else. And we're, we're, the bailouts, the bailouts, the bailouts, the bailouts, those, are, those trickle down to you and I. Did you know now you can, used to be a day where you can only rent, you can only uh, um, have car payments for four years. They're now five-year loans, six-year loans, seven-year loans. You know why they do that? Not to help you out. So they can charge you more interest. And because they know you can't afford to pay the four years, they'll give you seven years to pay on that. And by the time the seven year, seven year gets here, you're going to need a new car anyways. So don't be like the world. The world doesn't work. So is this money on? Is this class? Is this service on Financial Peace University? No, it's on community. Okay, I want to be a passage scripture to you today. That straight baller hashtag fire hashtag. You need to hear it. It's going to be really 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 good for you today. I want you to be different than the world. Christians should be different than the world. We got to be different. The Bible says that you, if you're a follower, you say you are the salt and you're the light of the world. We got to be salt and we got to be light. We got to bring the flavor. And we got to bring the light. And we and don't be salty, be salt. All right, there's a difference. If a guy was mean to my, some guys would be like, "Yo, my wife was mean to me yesterday. She said you to be salty, as I said be salt, not salty." I have never preached this before, but it's one of my just became my favorite passage in scripture today. Um, I'll have a new one next week. That's just how it works when you're the second in line, Rachel. And uh, <laughs> so Exodus chapter uh, 17, a very very awesome passage of scripture. Exodus chapter seventeen. Jesus, uh, Moses takes his rod and he hits a rock, and water comes from that. That's not what I'm preaching you about today. But that's pretty cool. That's just like an honorable mention out of this passage of scripture. But in verse eight, the Bible says this: While the people of Israel were still at um, Rephidim, the warriors, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have haters and you're going to have enemies. Write it down. If you do right, people will talk about you. If you do wrong, people will talk about about you. You get to determine what people are going to talk about you about. It's just reality. So, there you have the haters come out. By the way, if you went on 21 days of fasting and praying, you've been like seeking God, know this the enemy hates you. The good news is that we all love you, but the enemy, he hates you. And he wants you to fail, and he wants you to fall apart, and he wants you to go back to your old ways. But here's what I know about you you don't want to do that. And God knows this about you. You don't want to do that. You want to keep on pressing in. Last night wasn't the end, it was the beginning of a different life for a lot of you guys. And you're leaning into that. Some of you guys, you haven't missed church. There's a friend of mine, she's here. She came, her friend invited her, and she hasn't missed a Sunday. Like, she's not going to miss what God has for her. There's guys in here today, you've, you've came one time, you're like, I will never miss again because I know what God does in one Sunday, he can do the next Sunday, you just don't want to miss. And you ought to not, you ought not to. We've prayed for people, we've seen financial breakthrough, we've seen family breakthrough, I and mean, we've seen a lot of incredible things happen over 21 days, but it's not the end. We don't have a God of the endings, we have a God of the beginning. He's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we're living like Simon Sinek, we're living in an infinite game. We don't die. So he's pretty spot on. We don't die. There's a, we, we, there's a, there's a we're, we're gonna get to the end of this life on this earth, but there's a new heaven, new earth. It, there's an, an, we're in the infinity game, the infinite game. There's more after this life. I walked into a restaurant the other day and I said, How's it going? The guy says, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. I said, What a terrible way to live your life. I'm gonna go see him today because I'm going to BurgerFi. He works at BurgerFi. Uh, you, what a terrible way to live. I just, I'm still alive. I don't wanna just live, I don't wanna just make it by, I don't wanna be mediocre, or status quo. There's enough people doing that. I told, I was telling somebody, like, I don't like middle. I don't like middle. Middle is never, middle is never good. I don't like middle. I like to be, I like to be ahead. Like, I want, to be, I want to push the ball in the corner. I want to be further along, further along in life. I don't want to be going backwards. I want to be going forward. So he says here, um, verse 9, so Moses c- commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So here we are. We have Moses and Joshua. And before we see Moses and Joshua, he has some other friends that he's with that we're going to talk about in just a moment. But everyone that I read in scripture, they have a squad around them. Jesus had the big three: Peter, James, and John. While Jesus ran with twelve disciples, he had three guys that he was really, really close to: Peter, James, and John. Elijah had Elisha. And all throughout scripture, we see Paul, he had Barnabas. These guys, they always ran in a squad. The thing that I was the most thankful for over the 21 days is I'm thankful for the squad of people that I have around me. And um, Jesus had the big three. David had Jonathan. Elijah had Elisha. Moses had Joshua. And Moses was helping the people get to the children. The, Moses was helping the children of Israel get to the promised land. But Moses never, ever got to the promised land. Joshua escorted the people into the promised land. But Moses believed in the next generation. At this church, we believe in the next generation. At this church, we want to fight battles so we can win the battles so our, the next generation, they don't have to have live the same exact problems. That we want to win them now so they don't have to fight them later. Last night we sang a words to the song that I can hear the chains falling. We want to break the chains now so our kids don't have to. I don't want to be strapped so my kids can be strapped. I don't want to be in dysfunctional marriage so my kids be in disf- dysfunctional marriage. I want to break the chain so they don't have to. Because guess what? They may not make it. And I don't want that for them. And I don't want it for you either. And God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to, he, we believe in a God of more. God wants you to have a breakthrough. He wants you to be able to push the ball further on the court. So Moses tells Joshua, hey Joshua, you go down there and I'm going go to go top of the hill and I'm going to take my stick that turned the rock, turned the water that came out of the rock and I'm just going to stand it in an overhead squat position. That's it. Armpits out hands behind the head, that's all I got. My mobility's not that good. I just want you to hold the rod up. And as long as you hold the rod up, you're going to win. Well, Moses did what you and I would do. He got tired. The very next verse says here, so Joshua did what Moses had commanded. He fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, they climbed to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon got so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her, they found a table or a chair, and they went and got it, and they said, hey, Moses, sit right here. Some of you guys are like, they need to clean their stage up. I got a purpose. There's a purpose. I got OCD. Of course I don't want the stage to be dirty, extra stuff laying around. He said, hey, have a seat, Moses. You want you to sit right here. And, and notice what happens today. So Moses is not alone because things that are, things that are isolated don't work. Being alone doesn't work. It never has worked. Uh, my sister and one of her friends were running yesterday on the on clay loop and almost got hit by a car. And if one of them would have been running by themselves and got hit by a car, then they'd still be out there. But because two were there, one got hit by a car, one could have picked them up. Ecclesiastes tells us that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says two are better than one because if one falls, the other one can pick it back up. Like you need people Mo- mostly people. Moses makes it into the Hebrews chapter 11 on the great hall of fame. If Moses needed people, and if Jesus, not Moses, let's take them out. If Jesus needed a squad, don't you need a squad? Like Jesus needed a squad. The creator of the universe, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the way maker, the healer, all things that we sing about, the promise keeper. If he needs a squad, why in the world do you think you don't need a squad? That sounds silly, doesn't it? Nod your head, because it is. I always give answers. I always give questions. I'm going to give the answer. You're like, that's silly. That's silly. I know y'all are smarter than the first service, but man, that's silly to run through life all alone. I got this. I got this. I got a group of guys I run with. You need a pastor in your life, and every pastor needs a pastor. So I have a picture of some guys I run with. It's this group of guys that just met them. We meet on Skype once a month. And and the guy in the bottom left, with, the, with it's highlighted on it. I didn't take a picture of the whole screen, but it's eight guys and um, they're all further ahead of the game than I am. They're building churches. So thankful for our church. And But they're building churches. Like I'm, like, $5 million buildings, $10 million buildings. And I'm like, hey, you guys figure that out. Let me know what works, what doesn't work. That sounds miserable. But the, I, I took a picture of the one guy, Corey, because he's a, he's a, we have another mutual friend. And, dude, this guy talks more than I do, if you can imagine. Why y'all laughing for it? you guys he's and so like I should be painted so we're the content's so awesome we're listening the guy leading it he's got five campuses like these guys are all killing it and me and this knucklehead it's like school all over again dad I'm texting this guy on the side and we're making fun of each other we're making fun of the rest of the guys in the group you shouldn't do that but that's what I do that's that's how my hurt habits and hang-ups they're deep they're deep but there's a God who can redeem anything I proclaim over my life there's going to be a victory sometimes I preach to myself the way I preach to you you can do it you're going to make it Wes you're more than a conqueror through Christ I mean I'm just like I give myself all the verses I give you I do it in my car I turn the radio up loud me and Tripp are preaching to each other the Bible says that when his hands got tired and they would everything just went to crud and it just everything fell apart So they got a stool and they said, Have a seat here, Moses. And they sat down, and and Aaron and her, they went and they just propped up his arms and got there next to each other. And he just kept his, his staff up in the in the air. And the Bible records that they win the war. And they don't win it because a great strategy, because they were great warriors, because they were the strongest. The fastest, the best, the most smartest when it came to warfare. It wasn't because they, the one they won because of the power of God. And through the power of relationships, you need relationships in your life. Church? I, I can't preach this forever. I mean, I can, but you need people in your life. I should have to convince you this deep. I should have to convince you to get in a community group. We shouldn't have 50% participation. We should have 85% participation or 95% or 100% participation because you need good people in your life. I love these guys behind me. We roll together. Me and this guy here, we ride motorcycles together. It's not safe, but we got the Holy Spirit and we got each other. We're going to be fine. We rode a few weeks ago. It was so stinking cold. We're just shivering. Don't even look like we should be on motorcycles. Nike, Metcons, this dude's got white vans on. How many Harley riders you know drive white vans, wear white vans on a motorcycle? A guy came in today on, on a motorcycle, a hair to soft tail. He's got leathers on, boots on. I'm like, that's what we're supposed to look like. But us, right there, jeans, jorts. I mean, we just don't look like we belong. We have a blast together. We rode the bikes and we pulled, the, pulled over because we were freezing. Like, you want to get a cup of coffee? It was like bro code for We're freezing. <laughs> And we just talked to each other, and we, we loved on each other, we encouraged each other, we poured into each other. This guy right here, he's a, he's a her in my life. We need each other. These, this young lady here, she's, a, she's an Aaron in my life. We need, I need these guys. And they hold my arms up. I went to them a few, a, few, a few months ago, I said, hey, you guys are sons and daughters in this house, and we need you guys to be better sons and daughters. And he said, cool, we're in. And you're in here today, you're a son or daughter of this house. You need to start lifting some people's arms up. You don't gotta be, bu- you don't gotta be mine. And here's the thing about me, I'm so extreme. If you will not lift my arms up, I'll find someone else to lift my arms up. I'm out lifting people's arms up. It looks different. Chase and Michelle are out lifting arms up. This past week, we bump into them Monday through Friday. We don't even, we don't even schedule our meetings, but they're out seeing little 16 year old girls, 15 year old girls who go out and they're out playing soccer. We bump into them at basketball games. I love Jesus so much, I even go to cheerleading events. That's the pinnacle of loving Jesus. I don't really know. Don't tell my cheerleaders that are in here, like, it's, it's not even a sport. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Some of you guys are like, oh, we got to find a different church. I know that's right. We out of here. You need. I need them. He needs me he always needs me at the most inopportune times can you take me to the airport no problem bro what time you got to be there four yeah no problem 4 a.m oh you freaking kidding me <laughs> we talk in the car this this both of them are knuckleheads i love them dearly we get in the car and we're together They're the other worship leaders we put on worship music we preview them we worship together in my truck whether we worship together we worship together in my in my, in my truck we have we worship through going to Chipotle. I mean, we worship through all the things. We talk about theology. I'm trying to get them right. They believe you can lose your salvation, but I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We talk about everything underneath the sun because we need each other. Because here's what I know you can't win the battle alone. You'll never win a battle alone. You'll be dead, you'll be on the road. You'll be sidelined like the like, the, like the, you know, the Good Samaritan story. You'll be laying there. You'll be bleeding all by yourself, bleeding out. You can't win alone. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You're not big enough. You need to get a seat with some people around you. You need to start to at the right table. You need to go to the right bar. The last three weeks, I've been at the bar every single day, the juice bar. And I've been there, and I've been there for the last three weeks eating the same places, investing the same people. I get a text message in th- 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 a few weeks. And the people tell me, hey, we met your friends at the at the juice bar. Nelson and Jenny invited me to go to church. They looked at each other and said, We better get to church. You need some people in your life because there's a battle out there. The enemy's out there. He's waging war in your life. He's waging war on your family. He's waging war on your finances. So just get a table and sit around some good people and let, let them win the war for you. All you do is gotta hold your hands up today and let them pick your hands up. Some of you guys in here today, you've been okay just surviving you were not built to survive you my friend were built to thrive if you want to thrive today i want you to stand to your feet i want you to put your hands together i want you to sing the me words me. of the song you were made for so something greater there's a battle out there waiting you war on your family let's sing today let's believe that we're going to thrive let's believe that we're going to survive we're going to go further because we have a god who wants us to go further.
1: The battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see yeah. a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs. You said what the enemy meant for evil, and you started to forget, you started to forget, you said what the enemy meant for evil, and you started to forget, you started to forget. The enemy made for evil And you only for good You signed it for good I'm gonna see A victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you Lord Yeah I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle i Once again sing. I'm gonna of victory. Victory. Yeah, victory. victory. I'm gonna see your victory for the battle I'm gonna see victory. I'm gonna see a victory. You, Lord, come on. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. Why? For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord
0: your eyes closed for just a moment. I'm going to have Chelsea and, and Gabe just sing those words over you this morning. And now she's singing those songs. Why don't you think about the thing that you need the victory in?
1: God can read your
0: mind. He can. But why don't you think about it for a moment? Just think, man, I, man my marriage is falling apart, but I'm going to see a victory. My finances are just a train wreck. We've all been there before. I'm gonna see a But if you want to see a victory now, why don't you just, just just embrace that today? Why don't you claim that today for the first time?
1: I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle becomes to you. I'm gonna see a victory.
0: There's a sun in here today that's far from God. See a victory there. The you. There's a family strain in here today. I'm gonna
1: see
0: But we're gonna see a victory in that. am gonna see There's some hurts and some habits For and some hang-ups. Those are, those are going away today. Those are leaving us right now as we sing. I'm
1: gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. Sing. I'm going to see a victory I'm going to see a victory Declaring that For the battle belongs to you, Lord From your heart I'm going to see a victory I'm going to see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord oh, One more time we sing I'm going to see your victory I'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yes. Now I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord.
0: Would you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment? I don't want you to be fooled today. Fooled today. I don't you obviously a relationship with someone in this room it won't it won't change your life